Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Hi, welcome back, Renegade listeners. Hello, Renegade. We're so glad you're here. And today we have a very special guest, um, Matthew Embry. I have been a fan for years of Matthew. I watched his documentary called Living Proof um, years ago and was so inspired by it. And I had a lady watch it and we we're just like, this is awesome. I wonder if we can get him on our podcast. And who knew? He said yes. <laughs> we're so excited to interview you today and can't wait for all the listeners to see the magic that is your life. Yeah, this is really fun for us. We just started this podcast a few months ago. And as part of the process, when we were setting it up, Kay and I made a list of guests that we would want to have Dr- on the podcast. guests. So we had a, a list of yep. people that we knew would probably say yes, like yes. the some of the functional medicine doctors that I've personally worked with and some friends that were in the nutrition field with me. Um, and so we had that list of people that we could start out with right away. And then we had our dream list of people yep. that like someday when we, yes. we could someday have them on when the podcast. And so, yep. <laughs> so Kay's number one dream person was? Yeah, Matthew Embry. Matthew Embry. This is cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is exciting. Um, and so we'll go ahead and, and get right into yeah, it. Welcome yeah. So to the we'll podcast, quit, Matthew. We'll quit geeking out and we'll get to the good old questions here. So, okay, Matthew. Okay. So, um, for our listeners, tell us kind of your story of your diagnosis when you were, I think you were in your teens, kind of what were the symptoms, your diagnosis and what spurred your dad towards what he did. You can kind of fill in our listeners to, to your general story. Yeah. So, I mean, at 19, I was diagnosed with MS and that was after, um, you know, I'd come home and I was kicking a basketball and suddenly I couldn't feel the ball with my foot. Um, it was like, well, I could feel it, but it was a really strange sensation, but numbness and hypersensitivity. And within about 20 minutes, that feeling went from my foot all the way up into my chest. Wow. Um, fairly dramatic. And, yeah. symptoms. Um, and then some other things like leg spasms started. Um, pretty shortly after that. Um, and that went on for, yeah, I think about a week, maybe two weeks before I, I, re- I thought maybe it was more than a pinched nerve. Hmm. And that was my trip to the doctor and then to the neurologist and then to the MRI. And then you get your diagnosis um, once they see the lesions in your brain and spine. Wow. Which was my uh, and then, so, I mean, at 19 years old, you know, it's not like, you know, that's a, there's a lot of questions. You're still pretty young and, you know, we, we know what MS can do to people and how vicious of a disease it can be. Uh, my mom was a nurse and my dad was a research scientist. And that combination led to a pretty powerful duo. Um, you know, initially my mom on the car ride home, I think, I believe she said, even on the car ride home, this has to have something to do with diet. Wow. So she, she had her, you know, in, intuition. Wow. Was there something nutritional based? And then my dad went to work and did what he did. And uh, he's a re- he's a trained PhD research scientist. Wow. And he, he dug into the literature at the med library, old school photocopying and that kind of thing. And he came up with a nutritional plan. And I implemented that nutritional plan. Oh, it's over, or it's over 27 years ago now. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so awesome. Now I'm symptom free. And I just finished the marathon a few weeks ago. I got another half marathon race in a week, less than on Sunday. Congrats. Yes. God. Living, living a fantastic life right now. That's, That's amazing. amazing. I know there's so many questions I have for you in our life. So we'll just kind of pick up as we go. Um, when Okay. So like a teenager eating all that kind of food, that's like, you know, more the veggies or the whatever that were your parents on board. Did you have to prep all your meals yourself or what did that look like in a day? Did you prep the whole week or, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was a big transition. It was huge. I mean, you know, I grew up, you know, eating like anybody else uh, and me personally, probably worse than other people. Um, you know, I, I had a diet of pizza pops, chocolate milk, yep. you know, Pepsi, Coke, you name it. I, I was that, you know, I didn't really give a lot of thought to my nutrition. Um, I was high active energy and I was able to kind of keep going so it was a massive, massive change, but I was really open for it too. Yep. Um, yeah. You had some motivation there. Yep. And so that the whole family more or less made a major change. 
Um, and my mom really dug in. She, you know, we were preparing meals for the week, like you said. Um, it was a huge change. Wow. Uh, more, or less, more or less overnight. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm sure that was a really positive change for your whole family health wise though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think so. My, my parents lost a lot of weight. You know, if you look at old pictures and things like that, I mean, my dad's super healthy now. Um, and so, you know, he's 76 now, I guess, or almost 76. There goes our cameraman. Okay. <laughs> Bye, cameraman. Good. <laughs> um, and that's been, you know, it's been, I guess, almost 30 years now. That wow. is wild. That's incredible. That's wild. What, how long until you noticed like some positive changes, like, like did your foot quit getting numb or, you know what I mean? Like how much later and yeah. Yeah. Well, I did one course of steroids. And so that took care of quite a few of the symptoms. Um, it, it knocked out the leg spasticity, that was, which was, that was probably the most bothersome symptom I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it took about, I don't know, I'm going to say four or five, six months before okay. things really started to go away, like before things were gone, where I was back to a hundred percent. Wow. And have you stayed at a hundred percent this whole time? Yeah. Wow. Some of the neurological came back a little bit in my early twenties when I got sick, I got out of virus, but I was able to, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of acupuncture as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. That's- I just, just had an appointment this morning. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You're feeling good now. I am. Um, and I know from following your Instagram, you do the hashtag no cheat days. Yeah. Um, and so for you, is that really important for MS? It's like, you cannot have cheat days. Like you got to stick on it. Yeah. And that's a big part of my message. Okay. That, that's why it's the only hashtag. Well, not the only, but one of the only hashtags I use because it's just so important to try to communicate that to people. And I think it's a, it's a math, it's a math thing. Okay. If you have one cheat day a week, that's about 14 to 15% of your life. Okay. So if you think about that, so therefore your optimal health, you're only going to get to say 85% best case scenario. So yeah. you're already down. Yeah. So if you're going to continue to go down, well, if your top is 85, well, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And that's for the general population too. Are you like MS on MS? You got to be perfect or generally for everyone, like to be optimal, you got to push it. That's my message. And I think it's really interesting you go into that territory because I, I tell people, I say, you know, maybe there's going to be an MS cure in my lifetime. I think there might be. Yeah. But my message is still going to be important. Yeah. And right. Discipline. And because yep. you don't know what's coming next or what potential disease state your body's in. Yeah. So if you want an optimal uh, existence, I don't care what it is, like mental, physical, spiritual, it takes work and it takes daily execution. Yeah. And it's, it's a mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, um, what was the process your father took that you took of figuring out now you have what you call the best bet diet. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the process of figuring out which foods were your best bet? How did you learn that information? How did you optimize what amounts of those foods to have, what those foods needed to be all of that? Yeah, that's more my dad's department. He's the researcher. Um, and as years have gone on, I use my body like a lab now. Like I know what food, if I add more of it, I feel good. But back then, and this is, this is before dairy free, gluten-free was at all fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I was on the moon at that time, but you know, he really figured out that, you know, the, the potential problems from dairy products and gluten, high fat, high sugar, high salt. Uh, and again, it was a huge amount of research. I mean, the, 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 the man's library was, you know, in our, his home office was just stacks, stacks upon stacks of, of papers. And, you know, he had to put a lot of pieces together, uh, which you can get fine on direct-ms.org. We, it, he, he posts most of it up there for people if they really want to do the deep dive. So it was, it was really, to be honest, it was more about elimination back then. Okay. Right. It was more about elimination rather than what foods to put. Like, I mean, there was a focus on what foods to eat. But as I've gotten older, I realized that if you increase volumes of certain foods, you get stronger, faster and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and what, what are you thinking for that? Is that more like the vegetables or the protein yeah. or, okay. Kind of in that realm. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's vegetables. I mean, I eat a significant amount of vegetables every, every single day. And, okay. and that's been it's a huge, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I just think that's at least 
here in the US, you know, the recommendation is like, oh, get four to five servings of vegetables per day. And it's mm-hmm. like nothing, you know, it's nothing. And then you look right. at somebody like Mark Hyman or Terry Walls who are recommending, you know, 16 to 18 servings of vegetables a day right. compared so to what's yeah. being recommended. It's yeah. just an incredible difference between yeah. this will keep you from not from, from dying basically. Like yeah. you might stay alive if you eat this amount of vegetables too. This will have you at an optimal performance level. Like, yeah. And yeah. who, who doesn't want to be at optimal, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to go home and eat a salad now. That I heard <laughs> home. But, um, and I want to segue to that. Um, so Terry Walls, so we're from close to Iowa city and Terry Walls is oh, from yeah. Iowa city. So she's like our home girl. Like we love Terry Walls. Oh, um, yeah. So that's really neat that the, I, is, am I correct to say that Terry Walls kind of fashioned her diet off of your dad's the best bet. Yeah. That was the Genesis, I believe. And then she yeah. added, you know, eating more vegetables, Yep. increasing that and now she's gone somewhere different but that's you know her journey and we're yep. we're still focused on the best bed diet and and i definitely definitely share the the high volume of vegetables for people as something to be that they should definitely consider trying yes yeah yes. there seems to be this like i'm noticing in all of our interviews and how my body feels as well is that the dairy-free gluten-free low sugar or like lower sugar intake and then more pro- veggies more protein and the and good fats and fish that seems to be like what i'm feeling from all of our interviews as a, a good bet a best bet you know yeah. like yeah. life so yeah and for those of you who are listening you can um, go to matthew's website which is mshope.org is that correct dot com. He, dot com sorry mshope.com and that has his uh, PDF that you can download that has the dietary recommendations. So for anybody who is dealing with a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, you can access that PDF and a whole plethora of helpful information on that website. Um, and then Terry Walls too, um, also was a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And she too has done a lot of healing through diet. And you can watch her TED Talks, Minding Your Mitochondria. Yep. Um, and she has information as well for people who are interested in beginning that journey themselves. And like we always say, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. So yes, it's never too late to start. Yeah. So for you, I know there's, so the best bet diet, and then you, um, tell me more about now the regiment that you think is your for optimal for your health. What's everything that you do in, in your day-to-day life that kind of helps. Yeah. Kind of to some of the diet and the lifestyle, what does a day in the life of Matthew Embry look like? Well, you know, it's, it looks, it's fairly consistent. I mean, not that it's boring, but it's, you know, it's somewhat, this is a very disciplined life at least. And, you know, I, I do share, I try to share on Instagram. I'm not good on social media. I'm just, I'm still figuring it all out. Yeah. Um, but it's it certainly, uh, you know, I wake up first thing I start with prayer like every day. I try my best to do that, get my head in the right space. Uh, and then it's about the discipline of eating properly for breakfast. Then it's exercise, um, which is almost a key. I, every single day I try it first thing in the morning. And then it's, you know, like anybody else, I've got responsibilities. I have two kids. I got resp- I have responsibilities. I've got to do my work. And then I've got to do my volunteer work, which is the MS work, um, mm-hmm. giving back to the, to the world. I try to work in a meditation or prayer. And sometimes I'll do a second exercise in the day if I've got the time and the energy. Um, and it's a daily, daily <laughs> regimen. Yeah. You know, but, I, but I also share too, sometimes it's even more important what I don't do. Uh, okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Share some of those examples for our listeners. Yeah. Cause people write me and they're like, do you have a job? I'm like, yeah, I've got a job. And they, like, they go, you know, how do you get all this done? And I write and I try to share, it's what I don't do. Like I don't drink. I don't watch a lot of television. I don't really follow professional sports. I don't gossip. <laughs> uh, I don't take lunch breaks. I don't take coffee breaks. Yeah. And I think I worked out that that if you just don't remove those from your week, it's about, it's close to 30 hours. Yeah. Wow. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. Yeah. Do you do screen time? Like you're on your phone, our little yeah. addiction. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm like trying to like, stop. I'm like, I need to get off social media. I've been on here 30 minutes. Like, what am I doing? You know, like, yeah. And that's, and that's important to think about too. It's, it's hard accounting. It's, it's questioning what, like, what are you actually doing? Yeah. 
And, and I think that's, that's a tough, that's, it's very hard for people to do me included. So I'm no different. Yeah. That kind of leads into this question that I had on here was how are you able to keep motivated and positive on the daily grind? And also on those days where like our demons seem a little bigger, mm. you know, like, what do you do? Well, that's it. That's a lot of that has to do with how I set the table for my life in the morning. Okay. So that will, I'll listen to a lot of motivational speakers in the morning as I'm getting breakfast ready for the kids. A, a lot. I'll listen to positive affirmations throughout the day. Those tape, those videos, you know, those <laughs> YouTube things. Yes. Yes. I searched those too. They're good. They're good. Your those, kids are soaking it into. It's good. Yeah. I listen to those, you know, and it's, constant it's constantly reminding myself that the, one of the biggest battles is in the mind yeah right and i that's it's really challenging to do that um and so I, again i'm no different i have bad days uh, you know like anybody else but it's how do i how quickly can i get out of it mm-hmm. and back and also too i just you know you you given when you're given a, 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 a diagnosis like ms it's like having a gun to your head you don't yeah. know if tomorrow what tomorrow is going to yield so you better take advantage of the time you've got now, like today, because you don't know if you can do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's such an incredible mindset. And I think too, I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, gratitude is such an important piece in every day is being thankful for the things you have and appreciating them in that moment. Because like you said, you don't know what you're going to have tomorrow, right? We're never promised tomorrow. So having that opportunity to like in that moment when things feel really dark, I flip the switch in my mind and I start thinking of what am I grateful for? Okay. I'm grateful. I can use my arms. I'm grateful. I can use my legs. I'm thankful. I have eyes that see like, yes, yes. I'm grateful. I have running water. Like there, you can always find something to be grateful for. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's, a, that's a process. Yes. True. Yeah. Like you have to strengthen that muscle as well. Yep. Yeah. And then I think also you need to be very alert of the things that are taking you to negative spaces. Yeah. Yeah. That people are, that's a, I was, I've been talking a lot recently. You've got to really be careful who you hang out with. Yeah. That's, yep. a, that's a major threat to your life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Underestimate it. Yep. But that, you know, that, that is a, and that is a constant battle, whether it's a negative person in line at the grocery store or a negative family member, like you, you got to just be careful because they can take you out. Yep. That's huge. And, and I would couple with that, um, news and spending a lot of time on the news and spending a lot of time on social media where you're playing the comparison game. Yeah. I know it sounds naive, but really my husband and I don't watch the news because because I I don't need to carry the weight of the world's burdens. Like that's not my job, right? I'm going to keep being my light of positivity and changing the lives of those around me. And that's not going to stop from one day to another, depending on what's happened in another state or another country, or yeah, (laughs) I mean, the other side of the maybe that sounds ignorant, but honestly, we are happier people for it. Yeah. I think there's something to that psychology. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you've said, relationships, we've realized that a lot too, at this stage in our life, maybe it's something as you get older too, you just start to realize you don't want the quantity of friends that you once had. You really want the quality. (laughs) I think we're all getting older and wiser guys. Um, so tell us how did that diagnosis that you received of MS, how did that affect your perception of life and, and purpose and your connection with others? Uh, good question. I mean, initially it definitely, you know, it it definitely shook me into a whole, you know, really woke me up in regards to how valuable each day was and to live it as hard as I possibly could that had bad and good effects. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a young man and you've got that attitude, that can't, that's not great uh, sometimes because yeah. you, you go out there. Right. And it, that can, that, that uh, you go to, and I was always that guy that went too far. Right? <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to push the boundaries because you know, when you, when life becomes that precious in a way, sometimes you can go the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but mostly I've gone the right way. So especially as I've gotten older. Yep. Um, and I think that has given me a thirst for life. Um, overall to, to live it, live each day as hard as I possibly can. Um, 
so <laughs> I don't know, I live in the fast lane, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's been, that, it's been a wild ride so far and it just keeps happening. So I don't want to turn it off. Yep. That's awesome. That's good. That's- Even with MS, like live your best life. Like this is a good life. I love it. I'm, well, I'm gonna, oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if I can dig a little bit deeper with that, hmm. would you change the diagnosis if you could? Oh, no. Question. oh. no, I, I just gave re- an interview recently where I actually wrote them back and said, could I change an answer? Cause they asked me like, there's, there's one thing I could change and I, that, nothing. Like, because I love my life where it is today and it took everything to get here. Yeah. So I've got to honor the negative and the darkness and all the, you know, the not so great things that happened as much as I honor the positive. Because if I don't, then I don't respect the process of which, how I got to where I'm standing right now. That's amazing. Like everything happens for you. Yeah, exactly. Everything happens for me. And I think the, the analogy I use for that is if you follow my Instagram, you see I run in these hills by my house. Mm-hmm. And what it's taught me is that it's beautiful, but it's also horrific to run it because it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. So it's got it's it's both beautiful and vicious to me. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's my choice. Yeah. It's indifferent to what I want to do. <laughs> and I see that how reality it's indifferent. So yeah. if you choose a dark path, it'll give you darkness. If you choose a light path, it'll give you light. But it's up to you. Yep. We have more choice than we think we do. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I know some of those questions get personal, but I think it's so important for people to hear and understand the bad as well as the good happen for us. They cultivate us, they grow us, they mature us, they turn us into the people that we are today. And I feel the same way as you. Every quote unquote bad thing that's happened to me in my life, I wouldn't change it because it's part of who I am today. And it's why I am where I am. So I really appreciate that viewpoint. And I just, yeah. I just want to like cut that clip and play it for people over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> it's hard. And I think there's, it actually takes work to go back and like write down the, the, that negative moment and go, okay, what did I learn from here? What, where did I grow from here? But if you don't do that, I think you'd be like on repeat on your head. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to go back or these people and, you know, I'm a student, I'm a student of scripture. I don't know if either of you are. We are. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think, I think, well, well, you know, Moses had to keep going against Pharaoh. Yeah. Right. God was in control of Pharaoh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. God yeah. controlled Pharaoh's heart. Therefore yeah. the creator, therefore Pharaoh was created by God for Moses, for Moses to do the work. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Right. Yep. God, the bad these, is even in the story. Yep. All these negative beings that come into our lives and all, they're, they're created by God. Yeah. Right. The creator and they're for us. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do think that my life has been like grappling with that concept. <laughs> like that's my whole life is like grappling. Like, why is there bad? Okay. It's us growing and it's all part of the hero's journey and the bigger story. And it's all, weirdly connected. I don't know. Yeah. And, and kind of taking this, you know, Matthew, you've really used your journey to bring hope and inspiration and answers to others. And I was thinking about this. Um, we just last, just last night, we, we wanted my husband's parents to watch your documentary, um, because we told, told them we were interviewing you and I wanted them to know who you were. And, um, I just was thinking about it as we were watching the documentary. I thought if, if anybody else had had this diagnosis, would they have done what Matthew did? And I think it's so powerful to have the opportunity to be grateful that God knew he could use you yeah. for something like that and could use your process and your struggles basically in a way not to like over glorify it, but like he used Christ, right? Like he used Christ's struggles to build humanity. He uses our struggles to build up those around us. Yeah. And it's a gift to have God trust you with that kind of mantle. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so tell us about the documentary that you made. The documentary is called living proof for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. You can rent it. I think we watched it on maybe Google videos or Amazon. Um, yep. but what inspired you to make the documentary and tell us a little bit about that process, um, of what you went through to do that. Okay. That, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I am a documentary filmmaker. That's what I do. Like I, thought I went to school for to be a filmmaker. That, that's been my job. Um, 
And then, you know, I, I more or less was very private about my MS. My parents ran the charity and I was in the shadows. I, I didn't want to be part of it in my 20s and early 30s. Uh, I was happy to, you know, not happy, but I would support them. Uh, but I really didn't feel it was a positive thing for me to be around other people who were not, who were debilitated. And that was maybe selfish and I'm not necessarily proud of that, but that was the reality. No, it's where you were at. Yeah. yeah. And I was working really, you know, I was working in LA at times and I, that was my, I was that guy, you know, and I didn't want to be defined by an illness. You yeah. know, I wanted to get married, have a family and not have it, you know, I, t- I told this in other interviews, my wife and I have had two, con- had two conversations about it. Like one, I, you know, the one prior to us getting married. And the second one was I'm going public. Wow. Wow. That, I think that was it. So that, that's how little it was on the back burner in my life. Our, our friends didn't know. Um, you wow. know. I just, I was really private about it all. Then my parents had an event and the event went, it didn't go very well. And I just got really angry, to be honest. Like I was just mad. And then the, a second thing happened where I saw this young, I saw a woman in a long-term care facility when I was shooting another uh, documentary. And I thought I'd recognized her from the past. And it really hit me hmm. where I was like, hey, like, had I gone public, maybe she wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I don't know if it was her, but it really upset me. Yeah. I was threw up in the parking lot, all that kind of thing. Wow. And then suddenly I had this voice in my head. It was just, and it, <laughs> I don't want to come across crazy, but <laughs> said, you know, MSO, you have to do this. And I just, I knew, so I drove down to my parents, we had a fight and I'm like, I'm doing this, <laughs> you know, we've got to take this a different way and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, but I got to do what I got to do with this. Cause I'll take this information and we created the website and then, um, and I knew, cause I worked in, I worked in this field. Yeah. So I, I knew how to create the website. I knew how to create the videos. I knew how to brand myself. I knew how what people would be looking for in that image, right? Mm-hmm. We were very methodical, very calculated about the whole thing. And then once I got the cease and desist letter from the MS Society, I, I was like, we got a movie here. Let's go. Let's do it. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, that is awesome. Let's we go. To, we went to camera. And so we took a risk and we went to camera pretty much right away once that happened wow then it started to then just things unfolded to be able to get the documentary and i knew like i knew once we had a doc that that could take the message all over the world yeah yeah and that was the goal that was that was the goal so it was it was a piece of the big plan which was to disseminate the as much of the information we could to as many people freely yep and, yep. and do you know what the outreach has been? Do you know how many people you've reached so it's, far? It's like millions and millions. I mean, I don't know. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, I saw you guys awesome. had quite a lot of views, even within the first few hours of releasing some of the videos that you released in the journey. So yeah, I mean, it was just been huge. I mean, I don't even know. We just, that's, that's amazing. And now do you say you're filming Living Proof 2? Yeah. yeah, we're making the second, so... That's awesome. Keep, yes, keep spreading the message. And, yeah. and this is amazing. We'll do our share and, and spread it. And we want all of our listeners to watch it. It's incredible. I, it, it's really a neat, one of those turning points in my life of like, oh yeah, food, nutrition, how you diet, like, okay, take this seriously. Like, cause when it's, it's weird. And Eleni and I have talked about this, that like you are like are a walking miracle. Like you have MS for 27 years and you ran a marathon. Like this is a freaking miracle. And I'm like, why isn't the world responding to this? And it's just like, um, just because the other forces in the world, right? Like, but if we just keeping the message and keep telling people and keep people keep being able to see it, like it, it is, it is hope. It, it is a growing a hope out there. It, it was growing a hope for me and Eleni. And so it does work. We just got to keep spreading the message. And can you tell us um, a little bit, if you don't mind sharing, and if you can't talk about it, then don't, but yeah. um, what did you get ever hear from the MS Society after you released the documentary? How, how did, maybe for our listeners who don't know, can you share a little bit of what your experience was like interacting with the MS Society um, and what your journey was with them? And how did they respond to the documentary, if, if at all? 
Um, the, the one response we had was they were invited to be on a panel with me when we had a, a screening in Toronto and they decided not to come and mm -hmm. they, they, they wouldn't go on the panel with me. And they said that in the letter they wrote that they said there was factual errors in my documentary. So there's two things. One, we've actually written them in the past to get them to, because they also wrote letters about me and that were in the letters to the editor. Also <laughs> that I had false claims. And so I wrote them and I said, what are the false claims? And they don't, they don't respond to me. <laughs> And, I, and I've actually had a lawyer look at the letter that was written to me in written about me in the paper. It said I had potentially a case um, to sue them. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? Right, like, right, right. I take money from people. Like, this is not the point. Yeah, yep. And then the, the thing is, there, there actually is a factual error in our film because I think I say that they take about 16% or 15% for research. I mm -hmm. think it's about. No. <laughs> okay <laughs> so even worse they were yeah. correct but you know yeah okay <laughs> i can't i can't but besides that it's been it's been quiet but also you know i've been noticing you know lately lately, lately they put out a post and it was really interesting because the post they put out was like something almost identical that i would write hmm. okay. it was a picture of a young woman and she was super healthy and it was, but i was like hey, it looks like they lifted like they cut and paste and at first I'm like, okay, these, but then I thought, Hey, no, this is good. Yeah. This They're watching. I, this is what I want. I want this information. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be me. That can be her. Yeah. So I was pretty happy about that actually. So, you know, maybe as time goes on, we slowly start to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we are trending that way, right? The more yeah. we get this information out there and the more people see the success stories, the more they believe it and the more they push for those alternatives. I mean, yeah. things yeah. are changing every, every day. I yeah. think in this world of functional medicine, as it gets out there, people start to realize, Oh, this isn't quackery. This is just like common yeah. sense. Yes. Um, yes. What are some Amen. of the success stories? Ha has anybody shared their personal success story with you from following um, the dietary guidelines that you provide? Oh my God, I mean, it's like it's, it's so many, <laughs> I, I get so many letters and I mean, the most dramatic one recently, we interviewed a woman who she was, you know, she was, her, some of her family were already talking about palliative care for her. Wow. Quality proof. And she started the diet and now she's like functioning, you know, she's got a little bit of disability, but nothing that you'd be able to see. She's at the gym. She's totally rechanged her life. Um, I have so many, so many stories like that. Like, it's not even, <laughs> you know, I don't want to make light of it because it's amazing. Um, but I mean, they just keep coming in. Like That's there incredible. is hope. Like, look at this. It's incredible. And, and just, I'm sure I don't, I don't know if you have this perspective as well, but I always feel even if it was just that one person, it was worth sure. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's incredible that you have those stories times hundreds, like, or thousands. Yes. Like how yes, amazing thousands. is that? Uh, it's it amazing. And one thing I wanted to follow up on, because you brought up an interesting point that I think is really worth sharing. And a lot of people are so negative about social media, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of negativity around it. And I think that there, there, it's no question there's some bad stuff in social media. But I think Instagram is one is a very powerful tool to demonstrate how life can be impacted through diet, nutrition, and exercise, because people see it. Yep. You can't lie on that. Yep. You can, <laughs> right. you we can, but right. <laughs> yeah. if you're yeah. not a healthy person, Instagram is going to reveal that. Yep. That so true. I think that that is a game changer because people start to see, Hey, like if you think about the life before Instagram, maybe you had one healthy peer in a peer group. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you had one person who was like, 50, I'm 46 now who were like, Hey, that person looks pretty healthy for 46. Right. You had one. Now there's thousands yeah, that we've access to at our fingertips. So you realize it's not just that one freak or whatever in my neighborhood who's that healthy. I don't want to say freak. I take that back. Yeah, you know yeah. The outlier. Yep. The outlier. Yep. It's like all these people all over the world are, you know, incredibly healthy at 50, 60, 70. We never uh, saw this before. Yeah. Like Tom Brady. I just saw his diet. His close to yours. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, yeah. and you 
And I think that's very powerful because now you can, you have people you can look at and go, huh, that's what 50 can look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is something positive that can come out of that world of comparison. Yes. yes. I think so. It's yeah. it, you're right, but it's a double-edged sword. So you got to be really careful to go. Hmm. Like I follow JLo. Like she's like kind of my hero yeah. where I'm like, this is possible. Yeah. Like what she's doing. But she's incredible from my, my perspective of showing how to dominate various categories of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. And like in social media, like anything, it's how you use it. Like, like a gun is neither good or bad. It's how you use the gun or a spoon isn't what made you healthy or not. It's just the spoon. It's what you chose to eat. So it's just social media is just like everything else. It's just how you use it. Yep. Oh, how can our listeners connect to you? Like, how can they find you? Instagram, your website, what are, say those again, one more time. Sure. So my website is mshope.com. Um, and I don't know the handles for my Instagram or Facebook, but everything can be found through that. So okay. you just go to mshope.com and click on that. And my personal phone number is on there. So okay. people really need to talk to me. They can just call that number and I'll pick it up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, have you had people do that? Reach out to oh, you yeah. that way. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I find it actually quite funny because one of the things I do enjoy is people will call late at night because they think no one's going to pick up the phone, right? Because they think it's an organization. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> 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 they have to deal with it. But it's good because we get through it. You know, when we figure out what they need, information, I try to filter them to where they got to go and that kind of thing. So hilarious. And most of the time, they're like honest, good people who actually want help with. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> like no pranks. I'm like, yeah. No, it always is always good, right? And, and always try to figure out, you know, what the person needs or. Oh, that's awesome. And connect them. To, yeah. That's amazing. What, okay, what advice if, would you give someone with a diagnosis that scares them? Um, yeah. Well, you got to go right into that fear. Um, that's number one. Uh, and number two, you got to educate yourself. You've got to be your own advocate. Um, the healthcare system is really amazing in some ways, but really problematic in others. So again, it's, it's not all good. It's not all bad. So you've got the more you can educate yourself, what's your condition, figure it out, understand its processes, like figure out what it's doing to your body, learn it, and then go find the person who beat it. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Go find talk that. Room up. Go yep. talk. Right. And then they're out there. You just got to go find them. Yep. And they, once you've found that person, figure out what they did, yeah. you know, see if it's scientifically sound yeah. and then what do you got to lose? Yeah. And, and that's what I tell people. If it's cheap, if it's not, if it's cost effective, if it's do no harm, it's not going to hurt you. Right. Then what do you have to lose? If yeah. something's expensive and something comes with a lot of side effects, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. True. Right. True. Red Absolutely. flag. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and who was who was your sort of role model in your journey? Yeah. Mm, well, back then there wasn't a lot. I mean, there was Judy Graham. She was kind of my the first book, the like the one of the first people I learned about. Who I thought, okay, this is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Roy Swank, I used to had his work, his work literally taped to my fridge, like truly, um, to remind myself of how diet can impact you. Um, but outside of that, it's been you know, I try to find role models all the time. There's a guy in my street, right? Just moved, we just moved to a different neighborhood and I found a new role model. He's just a better person than I am, right? And I just know him. <laughs> yeah, I, <don't> know. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> it's a phenomenon that I recognize. I call it the emergence of the better person where no matter where you achieve in life, someone pops up who's better. And so I think that I try to find those people yep. and really emulate what they're doing. And long-term, like who, who, who at 70 is that yeah. person now? Yes. Right. And that's, I got 50 in my crosshairs right now. So I'm already thinking about, okay, what is that going to look like? Yep. Um, and where, where can I improve tomorrow today to get there? Yep. That's awesome. That's cool. We have a, so we're from Iowa and we have a bike ride across Iowa called Ragbri. Anyway, um, they always interview 65 year olds that ride a bike. So it's like 450 miles about um, in seven days across Iowa and um, anyway, I was like, that's so impressive. I want to be that person. I want to be that person. And a lady from my hometown is 89 years old, has done ragbri across the whole state. And I thought, I'm going to be her. So I better <laughs> up my vegetables now, guys. I'll get there. <laughs> I agree with you. 
yeah, yeah. I, it's amazing it's really neat but yeah but um and I always love you know rather than making the comparison and looking at somebody who's achieved this high level and feeling jealous of what they've accomplished I like taking the perspective that if they can do it I can do it right exactly. yeah there's nothing special about them like yeah they just <laughs> did the things you just brought up a really interesting concept that I think a lot about is how do you harness jealousy properly? Mm, yep. Just if shows you, you what you want. It's like anything else. You can harness anger properly and it's very, very powerful. Figure out what, why you're jealous. Like, what do they have that you know down deep you can have too? You're just not doing the work. That's what I think the feeling is. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's convicting. Yes. Conviction. Yeah. It's like, hey, how do I get there? And then you reverse engineer it and then you go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get there. Right. Yes. yes very true. It's true. I was writing and one of our friends is very well to do. And we were in their Porsche and I, anyway, and my sister was like, Oh, we just bought land. And I was like, this is very interesting. I'm not jealous of the Porsche. I'm jealous of the land. So I was like, that's a really good clue in of like, what makes you jealous? Like, what do you want? And your authentic code is something to yeah, be awake to. It's really cool. Yep. That's neat. Um, let's see. Oh, I mean, I'll do that. I d- yeah, go for it. What is any life advice? We, you've done a lot of good life advice here. Is there any like life advice that you just want everyone to know that we haven't asked you about yet? Here's an analogy that I like to share with people. We're on a train that's going to crash. The likelihood of us dying well is very low. So therefore, the three of us looking at each other right now, <laughs> the likelihood of us having a good end is not high. <laughs> and that's not, you know, that's sobering. Yeah, right. Got something coming in your existence here on the planet that's going to be very unpleasant. So imagine if we're all on a train that's going to crash and we're all sitting on a train car. Well, we better make the absolute best of our time on that train car until we crash. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I don't want to come across being negative that way because, you know, I think that you got to be really positive. And you'd think there'd be more people working on this problem with 8 billion people in the world. You'd think half of them would be working on how do we stop the train? <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> they're not. So therefore, that this process must be about preparing for the end. In a way. Mm-hmm. So it as hard as we possibly can in the present moment, but keeping an eye on the fact that this isn't going to last. Yeah. And yeah. on it that's really important for people. And I think that that can be very motivating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it motivates me. I sometimes get shocks of it, right? I'm going to die. We're going for a run now or yeah. call somebody or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, do something, do something. Cause I can't, you know, I got, I know this day is coming. Yep. Yeah. We got to make this worth it while we're in it. And yep. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I'll even just share. I, in February, I I was walking out to feed our chickens and I slipped on my deck and I fell down 10 stairs and I fractured my lumbar spine. Um, yeah. And, and I was okay. I fractured L2. It didn't have any negative health consequences, but one of the things that came out of that is I realized I came literally centimeters from losing the ability to use my legs. Yeah. And I just, it gives you a whole new perspective on life because <laughs> there are moments when I'm like, oh man, I left the, I left the hose out there. I have to walk all the way back out and get it. And I'm like, I'm so thankful I can walk. I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> I just think all of life should be that way. Yeah. Like every, every moment that we have is a gift. Every breath that we take is a gift. Like why waste a single second of it? Like I just as I was like laying at the bottom of the stairs and I wasn't sure yet if I could move my legs or not, I was in too much pain to move them. Um, and I, I just was like, I, I was running through all the things I wish I had done with my legs while I still had them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I, I, it's, 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 um, I'm fine, you know, and, and it was by God's grace, but I just think when you have something like, like that, that hangs over you, you realize what a gift Right. a working body is what a, what a gift it is like, yes. to be well. And I think if you don't have your health, if you don't have your body, you really just don't have, yeah. you know, and that's not to say life isn't worth living, but just that be you shouldn't take it for yeah. granted. That's yeah. <laughs> what I'm yeah. trying to say. I agree. And I, and I think one of the, the things, you know, you got to find people who have that same perspective because if you don't, you'll just be fighting the daily battle. Yep. Um, 
is it, and this I hope I hope I'm not going back to this concept too much, but it's it's really important. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Great. We just you know no hopefully with living proof too. We just got back from Guadalajara shooting, and you know we, there's a woman that we have in the film, and she can't exercise because in the double gated community she's in, she's afraid she'll get kidnapped if she goes for a run. Oh wow. Wow. So when someone tells me they can't exercise, I can't, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, hey. Why? You know, because I just met a woman who, like, whose living room is smaller than this room and it's full of exercise equipment because she can't get out. Wow. wow. And what's your excuse, right? And that, I don't want to be judgmental, but that's where my head cool. goes. Right. You right. You surround yourself with other people who understand that perspective, it becomes an endless frustrations in conversations yes yes yeah because you're constantly lifting them up yes crazy you're constantly trying to give them reshape their perspective it's been hey like yep yep and everyone's got to be on their own that hero's journey of like get the mentor like push through like you can like grow that seed you can do it it's wild Mm. Oh gosh. Well, I, I have one more question about the, the diet, um, for anybody with an autoimmune type condition, um, which multiple sclerosis really is, does the dietary guidelines that you've outlined, do you think those work for all sort of autoimmune conditions? Would everybody benefit from following it? What's your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly don't know scientifically if all would benefit, but I certainly have had enough people anecdotes who write me who had arthritis or lupus or other conditions who've done the program and have done really well so I mean it's a great question I'd love to learn more on it anecdotally I know people have written me to share this mm-hmm. uh, I believe there was a study that was done my dad sent me a, a, how a similar diet had been, had benefited Parkinson's and Alzheimer's um, but don't quote me on that because I'm not 100 percent sure but I think that had come that had come through it was a very I've seen, similar I've seen some mm-hmm. yeah similar program but look at my dad I mean for me he's living proof too he's almost 76 and he looks like he's you know in his 60s and he's still stomping around writing papers and doing his thing yeah yeah and he's been on the program since I've been wow and and also too is you know as I've gotten older people now come to me like parents from my kids soccer team like you know they they're like well what are you doing you know (laughs) and I give them the program my daughter's basketball team there's a, a gentleman there who started the diet and he lost like 30 pounds or 25 pounds in the first six weeks oh wow that's awesome that's awesome so i see this stuff in my own my own world starts to happen yeah and they come to you just thinking you look like a healthy man in his 40s not even knowing you would have maybe ms under that you know what i mean like well, you- that's yeah and that's the living proof concept yeah that's Whereas incredible this is what you get after 27 years so on your protocol, you're the best fed diet. And I know you do some supplements um, that yeah. you encourage on your website. Yeah. And then also, um, so your exercise, what do you suggest? Like, or I guess what's your workout a day? Like how often do you work out? How, um, how long? And then I know you just did a marathon, but what's your like, yeah. yeah I work pretty much every single day. Uh, minimum would be half an hour. Okay. Okay. Maximum would be say an hour, hour and a half max. Okay. And like weightlifting and running. Yeah. Mostly, mostly running. Then I do weightlifting. I have an elliptical trainer. Um, you know, I got, but again, I, I, my stuff is, I have weights from Walmart, literally. Like I don't have a big home gym. Like I'm not, you know, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Um, I train mostly outside. Yep. Um, I don't have a trainer, never have. Yeah. Um, and I, I try to share with people, you don't need all that stuff. I mean, it's great if you can afford it, have at it. And if it's like, you, you've got the ability, but if you don't, it's fine too. Yeah. Go around outside. It's free. Yep. So what? Uh, oh, go so ahead. And then it's just about discipline and that's the hardest piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what I try to share. So I try when I'm working on a 1230 at night, I share that picture. And I, I, you know, I do it because I'm like, Hey, look, you can do it. You can make the time. Yep. Right. And I think that everything for sure yeah it's a must and once it becomes a must in people's in your mind and you can implement it for x number of years and suddenly it's just it's what you do yep. and your self-esteem changes and the way people treat you change it, it, it changes mm-hmm. when you're exercising you're healthy and uh for the better and yep. then for kids it's amazing to watch 
it's amazing to me to watch how that's translated without me having to do anything. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I was curious. Um, Cause I saw on your Instagram, you fed your kids some like a, a gluten-free, I don't know, pancake or something, but I'm curious with your kids, are you pretty strict? Do you go by pretty much the best vet diet with them? Yeah, we're, you know, I'm, we're fairly strict. I mean, they, they won't touch dairy. Okay. Uh, they have gluten every so often, but my very, very, very rarely, we yep. certainly not in the house kind of thing. Yep. Uh, but if they're going to be at a party or something, but then I make sure they have high dose vitamin D. I try my best to make, make sure they're taking the vitamin D. Yep. But we, but they're now old enough. They've seen the results. Yeah. Yep. They watch dad and they're like, okay, what's different? Yep. <laughs> what's, what's he doing? Yep. And you know, then they figure it out. Yeah. What's yeah. your opinion on sugar? Do you, okay. Sugar is so hard to keep out of our kid's life. I'm doing my best, but like the bank sneaks it in them. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, how do you do with sugar with your kids? I, I just be honest with them. I tell them they may as well be having a cigarette. Yeah. Okay. And they've never, that, as far as I know, they've never had a can of Coke. They stole one once and it was a big drama. Yes. <laughs> yes. But they, but again, it's about education. I just educate yeah. them. I'm just, I try to teach them, like, where do you want to go in this life? Like, where do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. And now, that, you know, again, I don't want to come across boastful, but now they're both elite athletes and they're both dominant. And I think, well, it's because you, yeah, it's because yeah. you exercise every day, right? It, yep. Um, but I think I tell you from personal experience, you don't have to do much so that you live it. Yeah. True. This is habits, they add up. Yep. I, I love it. Yeah, exactly. You're their role model. I yeah. mean, this at this age, especially they look up to you and you're this example for them. So yep. you get to choose what example you are. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And they, and they see this, there's no magic formula. Right. Like it's just easy. That's not easy. It was like, I got to go for a run now. Okay. See ya. Yep. <laughs> repeat, repeat, repeat. Yep. Oh, that's wild. I love it. Cause I think what I'm really hearing for our listeners is, is, um, in a loving way, Matthew yep. Embry has taken away all of our excuses. Yeah. No excuses. <laughs> There's no excuses. Yep. Taken away the cheat days. And I think yep. in the tough love sort of way, looking at it as who do you want to be? Who's your best self? Like 50 years from now, how do you see yourself? Where are you? What are you doing? What's that ideal version of yourself? What do they look like? Right. And, and the time to start working up to that, if you didn't start at 20 years ago is today. So it's never too late for our listeners and start somewhere. And again, yeah. if Matthew Embry can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. nothing special about him to begin with. Right. You had no advantage. I mean, besides and, that, your dad was a researcher, right. right. That and was an advantage. disadvantage of MS. Like right. you had a disadvantage. Yeah. There's no yeah. secret advantage you had, right. Nothing you're hiding out from us. You're not secret Royal blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. and, and I think I'd share that there's two ideas in the world right now that I, you know, I, I'm very leery of one is love yourself. The second one is you're enough. Okay, and I'll I'll unpack those two. For a while. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. One to define how to love oneself is a tricky one, because I certainly don't think it's sitting at a spa with a glass of white wine, right? And I think it's that's nice every now and then, but loving yourself again. Yesterday was my birthday. Someone people are writing me. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday. People wrote me, "Are you gonna have a cake?" Right? I'm like, "No, I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm gonna have blueberries. That's my dessert because I love myself." Because I know that will create a better version of me. Yep. Is it tough love? Maybe. But, you know, I love myself when I go running. I love myself when I'm not sitting down watching Netflix. Yep. Right? And it's, that's a tough one because it's, 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 when you're actually bettering yourself, it's, not, it's hard. Yep. And that's not an easy sell for most people. Yep. Um, and I think that, that can, you love yourself in a very, very tough way that it's not a bad thing. The second one is you're enough. And I, here's how I deconstruct that one. If you can imagine a better version of you, you're obviously not there. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. Yes. Yeah. But if you can't imagine a better you, then you're there. Yep. It's yep. that simple. Then you're so, enough. Right? So it's like, you're enough today. Got it. That's fine. Like, don't hate yourself. That's not yeah. self-loathing. That's not worth it. Yeah. But if you, once you can picture that other ver- version, you now have to keep going. 
Yes. Yes. I, um, my, it's funny too. My kids are in the age, they're like whatever, seven and nine. And now they're at a time where now they can start like thinking about thinking and I'll be like, so my daughter, Rosalind, I'll be like, Rosalind, okay, you need to do something that your tomorrow Rosalind wants, not today, Rosalind. And now she, I can see like her brain turning in that and like trying to grow that in our kids and like in our listeners, like not what today Kay wants, what does tomorrow Kay want? Like, so there is something to that and like that delay your gratification and yeah 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 um oh go ahead sorry just not easy yeah right right so in our final minutes of this I kind of wondered um apart from like you being an MS warrior and like helping everyone with the hope what are your hobbies outside of outside of this oh my gosh (laughs) that's a good question like maybe maybe this is your hobby like maybe running um you know it's tough i mean i the ms work is a lot of work yeah yeah it's well and it's all volunteer and i think that that's really important to me to be able to do that um you know, I don't have a glamorous kind of life. I have, you know, the top of my pyramid is my kids and anything that interferes with that, I start to question. So <laughs> that's kind of how I live. So my hobbies are mostly be driving them to activities. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that age. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my primary focus right now. And that will change. I mean, I'd love to get back to writing. I'd love to get back to maybe some of the art stuff I did is when I was younger. But that's not right in the cards for today because I got two little beings who rely on me a great deal. Yeah. You know, and I'm there. I try to be there all the time if I can. Yep. You know, so I don't again, I don't want to come across boring. No, (laughs) I mean, who defines what boring is? That sounds fantastic to me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What ages are your kids? Uh, my daughter's almost 14 and my son's 12 now. So they're Oh, you are in it deep. Okay. Yes. <laughs> very, very, very busy. So that's yep. Kind of... yep. I had a, you know, I had a really powerful conversation once where I, I was able to interview Freeman Dyson and he, he worked with Albert Einstein. So he was, he was I think I have one of the last interviews of his life. That's incredible. Wow. Okay. I'll have to Google who that is, but I'm here for that. Okay. He died. And I asked him, I'm like, all the things you've done, like you're world renowned, you're, you know, it was a Princeton, all blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what was the, what was it? What was the most, the hardest or what? I can't remember how I phrased it. He was like, yeah. kids. Uh, got it. It's, it's what we, it's, it's an, it's a, it's, it's an extension beyond it's something we can't understand how hard it is. Yeah. Right. And it, it, for anybody, and it could be your niece or nephew, it could be anybody, it doesn't have to be your own biological kids, that, that kind of thing. But it's just these other little beings in the world responsible for it yeah that's a lot of in mental energy yeah right (laughs) yeah and this is coming from somebody who your whole existence is is a bit of a challenge right like every day you're facing challenges that a lot of people don't face and you're raising kids and you're you're saying the biggest challenge is raising your kids (laughs) it's it's so unpredictable right you know it's just it's unpredictable and like it's changing all the time and you know there's so many dynamics and you know yeah. Yeah. What else are we here for? Yeah. Right. Make your time on the train good while we're here. Yep. That's right. I love that. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Matthew. We really have appreciated your time and this interview with you has been enlightening in so many ways. Yep. You know, we we are a nutrition podcast, but to me, it's so wellness and and optimal health is about so much more than just what we put into our bodies, but. Um, it's definitely the lifestyle we live and the mindset that we have. And you've offered us wonderful, wonderful advice on all of those things, the lifestyle, the nutrition, the diet, the exercise, the mindset. So thank you so much. This has been so valuable and I can't wait to share it with our listeners and, and get it out there. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I yeah. think this will, this is impactful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. This is truly a dream come true. So thank you for sharing your life with us and being a light for others to see kind of like there is hope. There is MS hope. There is hope. So again, for our listeners, check out Matthew's documentary, Living Proof, and visit his website, mshope.com. And then your father's website is directms.com. Is that right? Direct dash ms.org actually. Okay, he's the dot org. You can link through on MSO. 
Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. check that out. And, and Hey, what's, what's your excuse? Renegades. Yeah. <laughs> what's your excuse? Think about that today. How, who do you want to be? Yep. Who do you want to be? Who's your optimal self? Let's start going after that today. Yep. Go be renegades. Go be renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!